the War Nomads podcast. It's not your usual travel podcast. It's everything for the adventurous independent traveler. Hi there, wherever you are listening in the world, and Merry Christmas. Great that you've tuned into our podcast delivered by World Nomads, the travel lifestyle and insurance brand covering more than half a million travellers. I'm Kim. And I'm Phil. Merry Christmas. And having uh, the Christmas holiday during the hottest part of the year makes the annual celebration somewhat different in the Southern Hemisphere. In countries like Australia, New Zealand, we're on summer breaks, surfing and swimming and going away camping, while the rest of the world is uh, cranking up the fire, hitting the slopes for their winter holiday. Yeah, we're actually sitting in here in T-shirt and shorts with the air conditioning on. And what we want to explore in our Christmas special is just that, hot versus cold, or southern hemisphere versus northern hemisphere. We'll have one of Australia's most respected, successful and accomplished comics here in the studio, Akmal. He's Egyptian-born and he will look at Christmas when he was young in that country to coming to Australia and now Christmas as an adult. Alexandra Chelios is the co-founder of a leading opinion site in Australia and the US. It's called The Big Smoke and she shares some cool travel hacks. Phil catches up with a couple of mates on things to do if you're travelling and hence away from home over Christmas. And we will hear from our world nomads with their message for home, but we always kick off a show with your quiz question. Ah, uh, right, it's a fairly simple one this time. How many birds are there in the song 12 Days of Christmas? On the 12th day of Christmas, that's the one, right? So we know there's a partridge in a pear tree, but how many birds in total? The answer at the end of the show. Phil, do you remember in our episode about Iceland, we featured the world's hardest karaoke song, which a travel company had come up with to help travellers with their notoriously difficult language. It was all tongue-in-cheek, of course, wasn't it? Uh, Totally. It was great, though. Yeah. Well, the Kiwis have done something similar. It's Air New Zealand, and they've released their Christmas video, which lovingly pokes fun at the Kiwi accent and those who, believe it or not, struggle to understand it. Hello, Santa speaking. Hi, Santa, it's Edim. Hello, Edim. And what would you like for Christmas? I want a new beard. Uh, just to get this clear, you'd like a new beard. Uh, okay, Edim. Remember to be nice. A new beard for Edim. Santa speaking. A puggy bank. Right, Tom. A puggy bank for Tum from Tumaroo. Santa speaking. Hello, Bin. A biscuit ball for Bin. A what sort of plane? An ear plane for Windy. (laughs) A book of magic trucks. Sounds like a good read. A bug screen TV. What the father Christmas is going on here? Hmm? Kids want bikes and tents and fidget spinners, not airplanes. <sighs> oh, it's happened again. <laughs> Isn't that just a classic? It's divine. That's we'll, divine. We'll have a link to the video in our show notes. And if you wanted to revisit the one that the uh, featured in the Iceland podcast, then um, you have to listen to that, of course. It's a good one. Now, speaking of New Zealanders, Kelly is a Kiwi blogger living in the UK. So she's experienced Christmas in both hemispheres. We put in a call to Kelly to hear her experience with a hot and cold Christmas at a time when the UK has already had a dumping of snow. I feel like I'm kind of in a snow globe. It's- that kind of feeling of it's not real, but it is. 
and you just kind of wander around in this amazement of just how beautiful everything really is. And it's such a contrast between you've been in Australia. I, you know, I was brought up with Santa wearing board shorts and jangles. Um, so it's very, very different when you've got a, a very traditional Santa. You've got all the beautiful Christmas markets, department stores with all their beautiful displays on. It's just so different. It's so The contrasts are amazing, to be fair. Yeah, but I think that makes for a prettier Christmas. It, it is prettier. I mean, and, and you see all those movies, you know, you grow up with all the television, you know, the TV movies, the... the uh, the Hallmark Channel movies, which are all, you know, got all the snow globes, got all the, got all the snow, everybody falls in love, and you're all romantic and everything else. So it's beautiful to see it and to experience, experience it. But I think there's nothing, there's nothing beats that whole thing of waking up on Christmas morning as a kid, getting a skateboard or a bike, and going outside to play. You can't do that over the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and I have a lot of friends and colleagues that have spent uh, a Christmas down in the Southern Hemisphere, and they come back going, that's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, <laughs> Like, people go and uh, go to the beach and they don't wear clothes. I'm like, yeah, that's summer. <laughs> now, that's summer and that's Christmas in Australia. But when I experienced my first Christmas in the UK, I couldn't help but think how magical it was. It is quite magical. I mean, going to the Christmas market, for me, that is what makes Christmas so special. And um, it's not very commercial. It's all about Christmas decorations, mold wine. You know, and you go to, if you go to Germany or Austria, they're all out conversing, having those meeting up for a cup mulled wine and then popping up for a meal. But while in the UK, it's very different, but it's a bit more commercial. Um, you, know, you can see the commercialism between Australia and New Zealand and, and, and the UK very much. But in, in Europe, it's not so commercial. It's not so commercially focused. It's more about the experience of the day more, and, you know, and the lead up to it more than anything. And speaking of the day, Kelly, how are you going to spend it? I'll be spending Christmas making beef wellington, uh, probably sitting by the fire trying to keep warm. Um, you know, the foods are so different over here as well, you know, compared to what you've been doing, you know, in, in Australia where you just chuck prawns on the barbecue for the steak or whatever else you want to, you know, chuck on. Uh, well, over here it's all about, you know, pastries and lots of creams and brandy creams. Uh, so it's just very, very different and we're just going to sit together and, and just enjoy, keep warm in front of the toasty fire. Take you back at all, Phil. Of course, you were born in the UK. Uh, yes, I was there until I was about nine or ten years old. Yes, and I do still fondly remember the, you know, being on the back of the tractor truck and singing carols in the snow. Yeah, beautiful. And falling through the ice and getting really wet and cold. <laughs> Merry Christmas, <laughs> Kelly. Still to come, one of Australia's most respected, successful and accomplished comics act, male, but now... And now, Ask Phil. Having looked through our Ask a Nomad service, and absolutely the most asked question for Christmas was, where's a good place for a traveller to spend Christmas in? Name your city of choice there. I spent every Christmas for the past 20 years with my family here in Australia, so I don't feel qualified to answer. So let's ask our wonderful team from World Nomads, Christina Tunner, who's the uh, manager of the Americas, and we've also got Dave O'Malley, who's the business development manager in the UK. <laughs> Hello, Phil. Merry Christmas. Hey. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hi, Phil. Uh, Christina, can I get over to you first? If you, just a couple of weeks ago, you were over in New York. So, um, you know, what, what's your list of things for nomads to do if they're in New York at Christmas time? Well, a um, couple of classics, which are product probably evergreen, but walking Central Park, um, the High Line, which is uh, really a real gem in Manhattan's crown, the old converted railway line that sits on the east side um, along the Chelsea area and further north, is fantastic. Uh, great overviews and insights into Manhattan below. Um, 
The 9-11 Memorial, albeit a very sad and somber reason to go, it is actually quite uplifting, uh, especially at Christmas. I think there's some particularly uh, wonderful exhibits, things going on there. Um, and then, you know, cheap and cheerful, but as magical is the window shopping along Fifth Avenue. Does New York kind of shut down over Christmas or can you still go somewhere and, you know, get a feed or get a drink? Oh, God, New York never, never sleeps. It's it's probably as magical to go out on Christmas Day. And if there's snow on the ground, you could possibly even ski to your destination in Manhattan. Sometimes <laughs> the snow actually sticks. And then another area that I that I discovered when I was on this recent trip was a place called Industry City. And it's in Brooklyn. Um, and it really is an area around Brooklyn that very few people know about or go to. And it's it's really just a, a place where showcases how the, the fact that Manhattan and New York City is experiencing a bit of a boom in small scale manufacturing. And a lot of this manufacturing is very sustainable. So you've got, um, you know, like sustainable coffee, brewing and machinery. You've got uh, raw honey that comes from the rooftops of New York from different boroughs. They, they collect it and, and, and produce it. You've got lamps made out of mycelium that you could grow yourself. Uh, handmade chocolates. Uh, it's just it's really it's a magical, magical place, industry city. And I highly recommend any nomad who wants to get to know the city in its truest form to check this out. Dave, what about over in uh, the UK? London must be jumping at Christmas time as well, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we're very fortunate because we, we're a very historic country and we, you know, stepping into London is like stepping into a Charles Dickens novel uh, in, in Christmas time anyway. It's, it's, it's full of the Christmas lights everywhere and you have... Uh, uh, it is great places to go for shopping and Christmas markets. Um, and if you go over to the Trafalgar Square, you'll see the Christmas tree that was donated to us by Norway for our war efforts. Uh, really popular. You know, going back to that uh, Charles Dickens thing, the Christmas Carol, uh, you've got to go to the West End and catch a musical. We're, we've, we're really fortunate. Just like, obviously, you've got Broadway in the States, but we, we have the West End and you can go and see amazing um amazing musicians and performers hey merry christmas happy holidays and we'll uh we'll talk again in the new year lovely thanks Thanks. a lot phil happy holes happy holidays guys for a christmas special you have to have a special guest and we're very lucky to have in the world nomad studio here in sydney australia one of our most famous and funniest comedians you've got to be funny if you're a comedian akmal yes you've got to be funny i mean well not necessarily you know i've seen a few they're just, you know, just, they're not that funny, but they still manage to get a career out of it. It's fantastic. I think I'm one of them. Yeah, you well, <laughs> One of those people. <laughs> you've made a really successful career out of comedy. Yeah, it's my only skill. And I always say if I, if I didn't have comedy, I'd probably be in prison <laughs> right now. You know. I, I'm pretty good at put-downs. I say that's my greatest skill. Well, it's you a know, good start. It's a good start. So um, we're exploring in this podcast, because it's Christmas, the diff, and it's a global um, episode, the difference between Christmas in the Northern Hemisphere and Christmas Mm. in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Well, you know, for us, Christmas uh, was always a religious thing. You know, (laughs) it sounds crazy. Funny that, (laughs) yeah. We we actually celebrate the birth of Jesus uh, in a crazy way. But it's, it's, it's it's very different. We don't have the gifts. We don't have Santa. And, um, and we still, I mean, people who come, uh, immigrate to Australia, they still carry on the same tradition. So when we, 
we lived in Punchbowl back in the 70s. And back then, anyway, it was really, it was a high crime area. And so you came from Egypt. We came from Egypt. That's right. My parents, to give us a better life, moved us from Egypt to Punchbowl. <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that much of an improvement. <laughs> but No, I'm kidding, Punchbowl people. But uh, back then, anyway, it was, a, it was a lot of gangs and stuff. And, <clears throat> you know, if, if anyone came down our chimney, he, probably, he was probably there to rob us. <laughs> we actually got robbed in the, our first uh, two years of living in Australia. We didn't have much, but they robbed us. Really? Yeah, that's true. But uh, <clears throat> but Christmas is, for us, uh, we know, we, we, I come from a very religious family, Coptic Orthodox. And um, and what they do at Christmas is they uh, they fast. They, so they, they go vegan for like 40 days. They go to church Christmas Eve and around midnight... I mean, the mass goes well beyond midnight, but as soon as midnight hits, everyone just leaves. And, <laughs> and usually the women, are, are, you know, stay behind and cook. And there's like every type of dead animal is just served to make up for the 40 days of... Um, vegetables. Uh, of vegetables. And yeah, yeah that's right. And, they, and, and the whole family gathers and, and they yell and shout. It's n- nighttime and it's a different time too. It's not Christmas. It's uh, on the 7th of January. So uh, it's a different calendar. Wow. So, yeah, they say they stay up, you know, till 3 a.m. yelling because Egyptians talk really loudly and, and the neighbours would call the police. They, they think we're fighting and say, we're not fighting, we're Egyptian. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how we communicate. <laughs> and so all the uncles and aunties and, and cousins and would come to someone's house. You, you know, it, a, a lot of times it was our house. It was always great fun, you know, but, um, but it was very different to coming to Australia, seeing... You know, um, Jesus doesn't really get a mention in, in, in the Aussie Christmas. Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's like having a birthday for someone and they're not invited. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to celebrate you, but we just, you're just a bit of a downer. If you could not show up, that would be great. It always amazes me how uh, society is so removed from the idea of actually, you know, Christ's birth. Like, it's, um, some things make me laugh. Like, um, you know, this year, for example, I'm sure Jesus would be thrilled to know that his birthday is being celebrated with a Maya mattress sale. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ma- Come celebrate Christmas with a Maya mattress sale, Christmas sale. They always have these Christmas sales. Like, you know, yeah. you don't see the connection at all. No, but, um, exactly. But we would, uh, yeah, so my my mother would normally stay home. She was very religious, but she, she also, you know, knew that she had to, um, it's just tradition. You know, she so she would cook and she'd have and and it, they overdo it. You know, there's, there's that generosity of the Middle Eastern people. So if you invite people, that you have to have an abundance. You have to have yeah. you have to overdo it. And there's all these um, foods that you may not be familiar with. We we had a thing in, at Christmas. We we drink mulukhiya because Christmas in Egypt is winter. So it's cold, yeah. Right. So, uh, so, we, but, but the tradition doesn't change. So we had this thing called mulchia, which is, uh, as kids, we used to hate it because it was green and looked like snot. It ha- it had this like this runny thing. It, was, it looked like snot and it smelled bad. But don't let that put you off. It was good for you. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it was good for you. But uh, <laughs> mulchia was one, and uh, and 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 you know we were, you know, I've never been a big meat eater myself, but uh, but the family really. Um, 
indulged for Jesus. They did it for, for Jesus. For Jesus. And they, they did do it for Jesus because you said your family are religious. Well, initially, well, I don't know. I mean, I think that I think the, there's more focus on the religion, but uh, I don't know if they're actually any more religious. You know, as, as I said, as soon as the midnight hits, because midnight becomes, you know, the fast is broken. That's it. They Let's don't go eat. Yeah, and the priest would say, please, just wait till the mass is finished. <laughs> please, I know you're hungry, but no one would listen. <laughs> as soon as that midnight, the, the stroke of midnight, they're all out. Like, come on, let's beat the traffic. So what about, uh, I mean, a very big part of the Australian Christmas tradition is getting down to the beach and uh, enjoying the outdoors. Yeah. A bit far from Punchbowl, though. When did you first, did you, uh, do you ever hit the beach for Christmas? Well, no, we, we never did, actually. We, they, we used to, um, I mean, <coughs> Australia Day was probably a bigger gathering for, yeah. for the beach. You know, we'd go to the beach. But because Christmas was so close to our Christmas, we'd still be fasting and so we'd have no barbecues, we'd have no... Uh, big gatherings and whatever, and um, it was it was different, you know. Like we didn't we didn't really, um, and we didn't have the present thing, you know. That's the thing yeah. when you're a kid, you just kind of felt you missed out because we, you know, my parents would say we don't do that, we don't do the presents thing, and you know, what are you getting for Christmas? <laughs> Nothing. Molochia, <laughs> getting a big ball <laughs> of molochia, yeah. <laughs> you know. So when did you make the transition, or from you know the northern hemisphere kind of Christmas feel to Australian? Well, I, I married an Anglo girl, yeah. an Aussie, as they used to say. No longer they say that. she's from Queanbeyan. And her parents are very traditional, uh, you know, when we, we go over in Queen Bean to celebrate Christmas. And we, for the, the first time, actually, I, I you know, um, the whole cracker thing, you know, with oh, the, yeah. the, yep. what, what do you call that? Yeah, crackers. Christmas, Christmas crackers. Christmas crackers. Yeah. The Christmas cracker, you know, yeah. that's right. Have a little small explosion for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, that's a, what, you know, and uh, the first time we, we met with, with her family and they did the whole, it was really much more polite and everyone was, could you pass the... Uh, Christmas butter, butter, please. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, you know, in our family, people just throw the butter at you if you ask them. <laughs> Get it yourself, you lazy bastard. Um, but uh, they were very polite, and and they, and then they had the cracker thing. You know, it was very appropriate in an appropriate time. Got the cracker thing, and they pull, and and for me, you know, as you can see, I have I'm completely bald. <laughs> And and the first time with my wife's family, as I pulled the cracker, there was a, there's a gift. I'm, I'm sure you know there's a little yep. gift. Yeah. And my gift was a comb. And I thought, <laughs> I thought <laughs> they're I having thought, a crack. God, they're having a crack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was. Uh, I thought I thought God was teasing me. They, you know, saying you. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's exactly. my favorite. Yeah. So how are you going to spend Christmas this year? Well, you know, probably you know, pulling crackers and getting at home again. It's it's the same every year, you yeah. Know? And, and and Jesus never gets a mention. No, exactly. Not not one mention. Well, Merry Christmas, Akmal. Thank, Thank you, you. No. so much for coming into the studio. My pleasure. Thanks and if we'd known, we would have got um, some glasses of what was it called? A mulchia. Mulchia. A big bowl of it. Mulchia, yeah. We'll yeah. get some mulchia for you next time. Yes, we'll yes. put a picture of that green snot on our show notes. <laughs> That's right. Every, every, every time hay fever season comes, I'm reminded of mulchia. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. Really great to meet you. Thank you. Yes, green snot doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> Let's check in and with our nomads for their messages home for Chrissy. Um, I wish you like a Merry Christmas and um, back home at the moment I think it's snowing and everyone is like sinking like deep into snow and building like snowmen. So um, I miss you all. Um, would be good to, to be close to you. Frohe Weihnachten euch. Viel Spaß noch. Trinkt für einen Glühwein mit. It's kind of strange being over here because it's so hot. In Wales it'd be very cold at the moment with probably a chance of snow. 
and uh, probably be sat on a fire. And uh, yeah, it's very, very hot here. Feels more Christmassy at home, but I am glad to be in the heat because at home I'd probably be in two jumpers, two pairs of trousers, a hat, and gloves at the moment. So yeah, yeah, it's nice being here. I would like to uh, give my wishes to all of my family back in Greece and all of my friends. I know a lot of friends are going to get back uh, for the holidays. It's going to be like really cold uh, back in Greece. Uh, but we're sending them uh, the heat from Sydney and our love and enjoy uh, the holidays. Happy holidays. A uh, happy Christmas to everyone at home. Make sure you watch, watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on Christmas Day. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, that's the, the definition of Christmas in the subcontinent. Ni hao. Wa'ainir means I love you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Gunchi Fachai, which is Happy New Year in, in during February for Chinese New Year. Like it's my second time I'm, I I staying on my Christmas without my family. So uh, yeah, I miss a lot then. And, but I know they pray for me and uh, everything will be fine with me and my family. Alexandra Chelios is the founder of a leading opinion site here in Australia and in the US. It's called The Big Smoke and she's heard most days on radio around Australia and we've grabbed her for the World Nomads podcast to chat Christmas travel hacks. Hey, Alex. Hello, how are you? We are both well. Now, you have admitted to me you are super, super highly strung at this time of the year. Why is that? <laughs> Well, I'm highly strong all year round, um, but most people relax at Christmas, not me. I um, I tend to kind of want things done a certain way at Christmas, especially when it comes to decorations. Like I never do red. What, wait, what? But That's, it's Christmas. Yeah. Don't care. Um, I'm all about white, silver, you know, those neutral colours. You know, everybody's been talking about how the White House is creepy at Christmas this year. Melania Trump unveiled all the decorations recently and they were all white and silver and a bit creepy. Everyone's saying how miserable she looks. I'm like, who cares if she's miserable? The house looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's totally my style. <laughs> well, we are a global travel podcast and the Big Smoke has some Christmas travel hacks that you need to know. If you're travelling over the holidays, you've already said that you're not going anywhere. But tips for saving money, Alex. Well, you know, when it comes to saving money, it has a lot to do with what you're going to take away with you. For example, a lot of women, when they're going travelling, they're not going to want to take their full bottles of foundation or their creams. Yeah. So one of the things that they consider doing is going and buying um, those cheap plastic contact eye lens cases. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. I know the ones. And yeah. each pod with a foundation or a cream. Are these the ones that you put your pills in if you've got a Monday to Friday? Kind no. Of, no. No, no, no. I have something for that. <laughs> this is for the eye contact lenses. So this is where you put your, you know, your contact lens in. Oh, okay. Like a dollar from the chemist or whatever it might be. Um, but when it comes to, yeah, the pill box, uh, Monday to Sunday boxes, you can actually use that to separate your earrings and necklaces so that you're not getting it all tangled in your bag. Gee, that is a good tip. I must remember so, that with my earrings. Yeah, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> he, he wears a lot of bling, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to traveling around the world, a lot of people don't actually think about this, but it's really important to call your credit card or debit card company um, and let them know that you're going on vacation because often what happens is people don't think of this and then they go overseas and they're not authorized for international purchases. Happened to me once when I was traveling with a, on, a, on a business trip with a film crew. Uh, mm-hmm. Brand new issued uh, American Ex- Express card and our first stop was Dubai. Yeah, no, I couldn't use it for three days. <laughs> you couldn't use it? <laughs> no, yep. So that, you'd, be, you'd come unstuck if you, couldn't, you had no access to money. So that's a really good tip. 
it's um it helps you be a better traveler and have be cashed up um one of the other things that i thought was really interesting in terms of if you're going on a road trip for example is you know those shower caddies that you have in the shower that hold your soap and your um, hair conditioner and things like that yep yep definitely you can use it as a tray for your burgers your chips your drinks and you can pass it around the car without anybody spilling anything (laughs) (laughs) one dollar hack that's great tip. We like a road trip, so I'm going to consider that one, absolutely. I hate road trips and I hate burgers. Um, <laughs> also, when it comes to going to the airport, this is my favourite hack and it's totally naughty and now everybody's going to do it. But you should put fragile stickers on everything of yours. So if something breaks, you can say, hey, I had a sticker that said it's fragile or does it stop them just throwing the bags like you said? It them stops them from throwing it around. And the other benefit you get from that is your bag... They hold it to last, which means it's first off. Oh, it's first thing out on the carousel, and you're out of there. You two could travel the world yep. together. Now, <laughs> yeah, th- this kind of DIY feel that you've got going on too with the road trip stuff. DIY pillows. DIY pillows. So a lot of people actually make uh, pillows. They just actually literally get all of the jumpers and the stuff from their um, suitcase and fill it into a pillowcase. So instead of actually having to carry stuff like that around, you can just DIY and use your clothes. So it ends up doubling up on your space. Well, some great travel hacks there. And Alex also suggests, Phil, making copies of your passport and emailing yourself in case your passport gets lost or stolen. That's it. Put them in a Dropbox or on Google Documents or something. That's yep. a good spot. So do you know what we haven't touched on yet? No, what? Santa. Ah. It's a Christmas podcast. We haven't talked about Santa. Right. Saint Nick. Well, you could call him that. I just call him Santa. Radio Santa. (laughs) The big fella. (laughs) So in an earlier podcast on Iceland, uh, mentioned that again, we touched on their folklore and learnt they have 13 Santas. So what better country to revisit to hear some of the beliefs, legends, the stories and the traditions? Terry is the head of the Folkloristics Department of the University of Iceland and he's going to introduce us into the way Icelanders have viewed the festive period over the last thousand years. It's it's always been this. Certainly, back in Viking times, before before the acceptance of Christianity, then this was always a key a key period of festivity because it's the winter solstice. So the the the, the in in large parts of Scandinavia and especially Iceland, when I'm looking out of the window into darkness, now it's a period of of, uh, of, of long dark days, and and people are sort of looking forward to the return of the sun and the days getting longer again. So uh, in, in the in the Nordic world, then there were four really main festivals. One was the the uh, middle of the winter. The other one was the middle of, middle of summer, and then you have the beginning of winter and the beginning of summer. Um, so so the, the, the year was divided into two seasons, and this is the middle of the of the dark season. And that goes back certainly to pre-Christian times, and this is partly why why Christianity decided to move, uh, or decided that 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 the, that the birth of Jesus should be on this particular period. Nobody knows exactly when it was. Tell us about the thirteen Santas Iceland has. These are associated with, with, with like the twelve days of Christmas that you get afterwards. But the, the what happened was that you used to have two two calendars. Uh, there, there was the Julian calendar, which was um, too short for the year, and gradually, as time went on, uh, uh, the middle of winter got further and further away um, from actually the, 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 the middle of winter in, in terms of dates, if you understand what I'm talking about. Um, and, and that meant that the mid, midwinter had actually become to be about 13th of December um, by about uh, 1400, 1500. 
and you still hear about 13th of December being the longest day of the year. And then they, they institute the Gregorian calendar, which has leap years and things of this kind to actually actually make make sure that the, the uh, calendar year is in, is in contact with the natural year. And that was actually that actually meant cutting 12 days off, roughly 12 to 13 days off off the off the year. And that results in in uh, ideas of the uh, old Christmas and new Christmas, which you still get remains of in Shetland and elsewhere. And people just distrusted governments messing around messing around with their year. Um, and that, that gives us gives us actually 12 days before Christmas and 12 days afterwards when it comes down to it. And what we have here, essentially 12 different figures coming down from the mountains one by one, was representing these these 12 days. And then after Christmas, they head back one by one. And when they've all gone back, then you've reached the 12th day of, 12th day of Christmas, 12th night, and that's the end of Christmas. And do they have names? Yeah, they've all got names, yeah. Uh, and, and most names are associated with taking uh, take, taking food from houses rather than actually giving anything. Like you have a sausage swiper, for example, meat hook, and then pot liquor and bowl liquor and spoon liquor and things like this, a sort of early, early version of a dishwasher when it comes down to it. And candle, um, a candle beggar, for example, they're all people that take things. Window peeper, uh, door snipper, door sniffer. In other parts of Iceland, you have even nastier names like lung splatter and manure liquor, um, which is not, not terribly appetizing names. But they're, they're not, um, they're, they're, their names suggest, as I say, that they take rather than give. So what's a typical Icelandic Christmas? Basically, uh, Christmas here for, for Icelanders begins really on, on the, in a sense, on the 23rd of December. That's, that's when the shops are open, open very late until about uh, 11 o'clock. And some people then will eat uh, sort of a, a, a skate, which has been allowed to ferment and smells rather rather disgusting. And then comes uh, Christmas Eve itself, and that's the main Christmas day here. And that's when the whole family gets together, uh, the sort of core family gets together for a meal at about 6 o'clock in the evening. And that will tend to be traditional, either lamb, but especially pork and, and uh, uh, some, sometimes even ptarmigan, which has been hunted. And they become the Christmas meals, and that's when Christmas presents are given out afterwards. Thanks, Terry. Now we've covered Christmas, but what about resolutions? Christmas time and New Year. What else do you do at New Year, Kim? Well, you make a New Year's resolution, right? Do you yeah, make them? I know because in the past I've made them and I never keep them. Okay, well, here's some that you might be able to uh, keep. Uh, Ellen Hall, who works in our San Francisco office, is uh, writing about New Year's travel resolutions. A travolution. <laughs> <laughs> a travel resolution. Hello. What a great idea. I think so. so I think that any reason to weave uh, travel into your, your plans for the year uh, is great. So is that like, and I've, I have kind of made this decision, whether it's a resolution or not, that we will go to Panama next year. Is that the kind of stuff you're talking about? Well, I think that's one thing. I mean, they're definitely, you can resolve to finally go on that dream trip or, you know, um, you know, make it happen. Um, but there's also um, more uh, sort of basic revolution, sorry, resolutions that um, I think can incorporate travel. And, and those are the ones that, that um, I was mostly writing about. The first one um, is one that we probably everybody makes. I'm going to make it again. Um, I resolved to get in shape. And so um, one way to do that, maybe you uh, want to set yourself a big goal. Maybe it's a trek in Patagonia or you're going to go biking through Vietnam or something. And you don't want to show up um, not not fit enough to do the, you know, do your journey. So you want to be 
training a little bit. And that's just a good way to kind of motivate yourself to get in shape. By the um, way, can I just say, by the way, I am in shape. It's just the shape's round. <laughs> There are many kinds of shapes. Yes, you're right. <laughs> okay, what about improving your work-life balance? That's a big one, isn't it, in 2017, 2018? Absolutely. I mean, we all want to, want to you know, we, we work hard and we're trying to find a way to incorporate, you know, other kinds of things into our lives. And um, one way that a lot of people are doing it, an increasing number of people are doing it, is, is to take a sabbatical, really take several months off of work. And, um, you know, it's people think I can't do that. You know, my boss will never let me, um, you know, what's going to do to my career. Um, but in fact, that's not um, really, you really can go and, and it's not going to necessarily have any sort of negative effect on your career. And in, in fact, it can actually have beneficial effects. Well, and while you're doing that, you could learn a new skill, for example. Well, that's true. I mean, that's another great reason to go travel. I mean, you know, let's say you want to you know, learn, uh, learn how to cook or learn, learn a new language, and, and you can you can do that at home, of course. But maybe you want to go and, and learn how to cook in Italy, um, or um, you know, want to learn you know uh, Spanish. You want move, move to go to South America for a couple of months and immerse yourself, and and that's really, I mean, that's the way to learn a new language for sure um, is to, to live it. And giving back too. That's another one, Ellen. Well, I think true. I mean, you know, especially I don't know. This has been a rough year for for a lot of folks and. Um, I think that, that, you know, either things are, you know, if you're not going through something, you're seeing the world, you know, we have the devastating hurricanes and things like that. And, you know, there's just the, you know, people do have the, the instinct, the desire to give back. And, um, so there are a lot of ways to do that. I think through travel. Hey, what's on your, uh, travelution for 2018? Where's, where's on your list, mate? Where are you going? Oh gosh. Well, you know, um, I, not to be too much of a plug, but I just finished our uh, working on our Iceland guide, our, our insider's guide to Iceland. And um, boy, I have a very long checklist of places I need to go there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. It just looks fantastic, doesn't it? Well, you did that podcast about it. And, and um, yeah, you learned all kinds of stuff. And, and um, also now the, a lot of the, we have these great contributors to this guide, these, these folks that are locals that are there. And um, now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go bother them. I'm gonna go show up and <laughs> warning to anybody who wants to contribute to World Nomads. We come and sleep on your right. couch after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and good luck with your travelution. Oh, you as well. Thank you. Okay, down here in Australia, the beers are getting warm, Phil. So let's wrap this episode up with your travel news. An Instagram account called Traveling Butts has been shut down after offending locals in Thailand. Oh. The account started a trend that became very popular for a while, taking shots of famous sites while exposing your bum to the camera, the Belfie. It's awesome. The hashtag cheeky exploit still trends quite highly, you wouldn't know about it. But now the original account has been closed after the founders took shots of two Thai temples while exposing their behinds. Understandably, the, lo- the locals were not impressed. These guys have actually just spent two weeks in jail, but they've only just been released Seriously? so they can go. Yep, yep, they, they're lucky not to spend much longer, I'm going to say that. Very silly of them and very disrespectful. Don't do it. A quorum fora has you has caused a stir by adding some science to the question of which line at the airport security is the fastest. I always pick the wrong one. He says people tend to turn in the direction of their dominant hand and because most people are right-handed, that means the queue on the right is the busiest one. So for a faster check-in, pick the queue on the left. That is fantastic. And uh, can I say congratulations to the Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda for playing the long game 
Over a year ago, during a visit by Prince Harry, he invited the prince and his then girlfriend to honeymoon on the island when they married. That is playing the long game. Not sure. The royal wedding announcement came at the end of November, so who knows, perhaps the couple will take them up on the offer. And finally, accommodation service Airbnb is allowing split bills for group bookings. Hooray! No ball being stiffed with the entire bill by your mates and then having to chase them for the payment. Each member of a group can now pay their share director Airbnb. Yeah. You know what? I think that makes so much sense. I don't get it at restaurants why, why they say one bill. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. How hard is it? We'll, get a calculator. We'll, yeah, we'll work it out how yeah. much we pay. You just have to take our, our bits. Yep. It's not that hard. Thanks for that. Well, that wraps up our Christmas special with just a couple of things left to do. Firstly, the answer to your quiz question. How many birds are there in the song 12 Days of Christmas? The answer is 23 in total of six types. So we've got seven swans swimming, six geese are laying, four calling birds, three French hens, two t- turtle doves, and, of course, the old partridge stuck up in the pear tree. So that makes 23, 23 in, t- birds in total. Right. There you go. All right. Well, Phil, you can't wrap up an Australian Christmas oh, no. podcast <laughs> without a tinny. <laughs> without Hands a of tinny. VB. There you Hands go. Of v- and he's not. You've got, no, you got to. you got to. All right. Here we go. Cheers and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Now, what happens next time? Uh, Next time, we'll be exploring the land of the long white cloud, our near neighbours here, New Zealand. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. Oh, not YouTube. I've had one sip. iTunes, (laughs) iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Rate, share, subscribe, and get in touch at podcast.com.au. Merry Christmas. Cheers. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.